trigger warning. There's a bit in the podcast, quite a way in, that if you're James Dunn, uh, you might want to stop listening. I don't mean anything I've said, but yeah. And welcome to The Most Best Podcast, Episode 9. I'm your host, Zach Williams, and what a show we have lined up for you today. As always, bit of business up front. Uh, social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Most Best Podcast. iTunes, listen, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, so with that, let's jump straight uh, into today's guest. So with me today in The Most Best <laughs> Podcast studio uh, is... I think it's fair to say a young up-and-comer. I'm not entirely sure of your age. Um, but someone who's definitely made a splash so far on the South Wales comedy scene. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Callum Stewart. Hello. Yeah, I'm 20. 20? Yeah. Bloody hell. So what year were you born? Uh, 98. 98? Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm nearly 10 years older than you. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I annoy a lot of people by how young I am. I mean, it's not your fault, really. No, I'm not to blame. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was talking to a friend the other day, and we were talking about the song that was number one the week you were born. Okay. And he's, like, in his mid-30s, and I told him that Getting Jiggy With It by Will Smith. That was number... So that's number one the week you were born? Yeah, I'm basically the same age as Catatonia. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's a good age to be. I remember getting that album. Yeah. That I remember going, you know, oh, wow, I've got the Catatone realm. Right, I'm going to have to do a quick Google now to find out what's the... <laughs> uh, number one. I'm just going to do the month. If I was a week earlier, it would have been Spice Girls. That's even better. What yeah. song, though? What Spice Girls song? I'm not sure. Probably, like, I'm guessing Viva Forever around that time. I can't remember which one that is, to be honest. <laughs> So, right, uh, 98. Mm -hmm. So, when you were born, I was starting to get into, like, metal and stuff. Like, yeah. I think I got my first Pantera album <laughs> around when you were born. Yeah. Right, let's have a look. Uh, what was the number one song in 1989? And it just gives me results for March for some reason. <laughs> When's your birthday? October 30th, day before Halloween. I'm April Fool's Day. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Do you reckon there was a moment when uh, your mum was going into labour and they're like, ah? <laughs> I share my birthday with um, Susan Boyle, but different years, obviously. <laughs> I was yeah, she's definitely um, a bit older, yeah. should we say. I, I don't want to be mean to old Susan, but... I have the exact same birthday as Bruce Willis's daughter, though, so... Ah! Yeah. I didn't even know if he had a daughter. We could be twins. <laughs> you do definitely have Bruce Willis vibes about you. I'll give you that, Callum. Callum Willis. <laughs> Callum Willis. I'm a terrible actor as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so apparently, I don't know how true this is because I've never heard uh, of the song, but Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers, that's what I like. It's like that, and that's the way it No, is. that was Run DMC, wasn't oh. it? <laughs> <laughs> what was that one? I, I don't know. I can tell you that song. <laughs> Yeah, no idea. I, I was two weeks out from being New Kids on the Block, though, so oh. that's a shame. <laughs> my mum should have held me in that little bit longer. <laughs> so, to give the, the good listening audience uh, a bit of insight into to who you are as a person, as I'm sure you're aware, we'd like to play a little something called The Dice Game. Mm-hmm. To fill in the people who may not have listened, shame on you if you haven't listened so far. <laughs> uh, what I'm going to do... Um, we've ditched the whole idea for Dice Game Extreme. It went on too long, it made little sense, and we were getting one-word answers. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to roll a d20, a 20-sided dice, and whatever number it lands on, uh, you have to describe yourself in that many words. Okay. So let's give the, uh, the old dice a roll. <laughs> twelve. Twelve. Twelve words, Callum. Describe yourself in twelve words. In a sentence or in twelve words? Uh, it can be up to you. It can be a sentence. As I say, Sandro opened with, my name is Sandro Ford and I'm a car salesman. That still tickles me for the day. Oh, right. <laughs> um, Rebecca and Shani very much did, like, individual words. Okay. Uh, Perks got one word. So. Oh. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'll do a sentence. Um, the best way to describe me would be, mums love me. 
That's three. I've been told. Uh, I'm a good listener. I'm a good listener. That's seven. I'm not a good counter by the looks <laughs> of the things. <laughs> I'm the most... Oh no, this is too long a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most. You've got two more words to choose from. Most awkward. <laughs> I'm the most, most awkward. So you've got mums love me. Yeah. What was the middle one? I'm a good listener. I'm a good listener. I'm the most, most awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sums you up pretty well. Uh, what do you think it is uh, about you that mums find so endearing? I don't know. Is I've it because got... you're a little baby boy? <laughs> yeah, I think it's because most of them probably just think they want to give me a good meal or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've got a nice smile, I think. Yeah, you've got boyish characteristics. Yeah, I'm the boy next door who doesn't talk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to bring you out of your shell. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> bring you out of shell. As you say, give you a nice meal, mm-hmm. clean your cheeks, get you on your way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you are, by all accounts, a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. I say by all accounts, you do way more stand-up <laughs> than I do, so I really shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> um, how long have you been doing stand-up then? Uh, it's coming up to three years. Oh, wow. Um, so I started when I was 17. Yeah. Um, I So I started because I did a stand-up course in Bristol. Oh, right. Uh, six weeks long with the comedy school. They run courses in Bristol and London. Um, and I, I dropped out of school to start doing comedy. Really? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did that. Yeah. So I was like, so I did one, so I, basically I went to school, uh, I don't know if you know West Oliveira. Yeah, not very yeah. well. I'm, I'm aware of the area. Yeah, the Welsh language school. And um, I I did quite well. I had seven GCSEs, which was good for me. Um, and I, my best subject was French. I was like one of In a Welsh language <laughs> school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did really well in Welsh language, but failed Welsh literature. Um, but yeah, I was like one off an A in French, and <laughs> I told my mother this, and she was really proud. But what I didn't tell her was the teacher basically did all the work for me. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I was sat right near the front. We didn't do any work. I remember GCSE French was mainly I don't know why, but talking about Joanna Lumley. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> we both had a fascination with. Her. <laughs> A kindred spirit. Yeah, like, till this day, like, if I ever, like, transformed anything about me, I think I'd want to talk like Joanna Lumley. I can't, off the top of my head, think. It, it, it's quite a posh yeah, she's, inflection. She's got, like, the, that classic Marks and Spencer's advert voice. <laughs> so I did French GCSE, and then I wanted to do it for A-level, but um, they didn't do it in my school. Okay. So I had to move school, and then I basically failed my ASs. Oh, right. And um, I got into an argument with my English teacher. Uh, we were talking about politics, and she voted for Plaid Cymru, which I have nothing against. I'm all for that. But I, it was in the main general election, like, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I basically told her um, that uh, hers was a, va- a wasted vote. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I just thought we should vote for Labour in the main thing, if you're that way inclined. And um, she told me I'd never amount to anything. <laughs> so then I dropped out of school and started doing comedy. <laughs> I was like, at that moment, she's like, you'll never amount to anything. You were like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And then, if I dropped out of school the first time someone told me I wouldn't amount to anything, I wouldn't have got past nursery. <laughs> and then two years later, I went to uni in Swansea and dropped out of out after five days. Five days? Because <laughs> I was doing performing arts and I forgot I don't like talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> but you decided to go... Well, I say, stand-up comedy is talking at people. Yeah. So you've got, you get the... Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I always tell people not to talk to me afterwards, and they still do. Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry for dragging you onto the podcast in, in that case. I, I, I know it's... <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, relative, let's say, three years you've been at it. Mm-hmm. But it's a relative success, I think it's fair to say. Because, um, you, as you say, you're someone who has luckily made a decision at the right time to drop out and focus that as your main goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to great effect, I, you know, you are not only really good as an actor, but you seem to be someone who is constantly willing to go the extra mile to go for a gig. Mm-hmm. How far afield have you gone in regards to uh, actually gigging, as it were? Yeah, so I've I've gigged all over the UK. I've done some... So I, I did a gap year yeah. um, when I dropped out of school, and um, I've done gigs in, like, Stockholm. Oh, the, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. 
and Berlin and Dublin and places. Um, Stockholm was brilliant. I just thought, cause I didn't think I was going to have a good one because obviously it's Sweden, so I just thought they'd all be, but they were all expats, so. Oh, even better. All Americans or British. Um, I say even better, they sound really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing against the Swedish people. I'd like to point that out now. <laughs> that was, um, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day when my friends were doing the A levels, like the final year. Yeah. I, I was in Sweden watching Eurovision. Amazing. Yeah. What, like, did you actually go live? Yeah, you? yeah. What? How the hell did you get tickets for that? Uh, I bought them the day they came out. <laughs> oh, you literally can't just buy... I, yeah. I don't know if it would be, like, uh, for some reason, the Olympics, where it's like a <laughs> raffle system. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, it's really fun. Um, but, yeah, I've... Like, I think stand-up, a lot of the time, is sleeping in bus stations and stuff. Like, I did a gig in Falmouth in Cornwall about a year ago. The gig finished at like 10 o'clock and I didn't get back until like half 11 the next night because I had to sleep over in Bristol and missed all of my trains and everything. (laughs) See, I've never had to experience that in comedy, but Mm. um, when I was your age, I like being able to say that, uh, I was playing quite frequently in bands Mm -hmm. uh, and this one band I was in Dividers, uh, you know, to relative success, we were touring at least once a year Mm. uh, and I know all too well what it's like having to wake up just on a floor summit. Goddamn, last weekend, I was um, filling in uh, on bass for my friend's band. Mm. Uh, and we played Abba Jazz Festival in Fishguard. <laughs> and I had to sleep in a uh, camper van in the car park over a pub in Fishguard. I yeah. woke up with the worst hangover I've ever had in my life. What was the festival called? Abba Jazz Festival. Is that like Abba Jazz Covers? Uh, no, like oh. as in A-B-E-R. All right. <laughs> no, like, we only do ABBA songs and only in freeform jazz style. <laughs> I did think for a second. Oh, shit, we need to start the ABBA Jazz Festival. Yeah, I don't like jazz, but I do like ABBA, so maybe if we do put the two together. Maybe you can uh, find a new love mm-hmm. for jazz through the appreciation of ABBA. Have you seen the new Mamma Mia film? I've not seen any Mamma Mia films. All right. Uh, yeah, I won't give it away. Maybe. Shall I? If you want, I, I've got no intention of watching it. Spoilers coming up for, I assume, uh, uh, for Mamma Mia 2. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> um, no, it's quite good. It just takes a while to get into. Yeah, I've had this conversation with a girl I work with. She loves horror films. Like She's my one colleague that we always talk about horror films with. Mm-hmm. Except she loves Mamma Mia. Uh, she's got one of those Odeon Limitless passes, and I think on the last I checked, she's been to see Mamma Mia 2 yeah. ten times in the cinema. Wow. Like, she fucking loves the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the only film I've seen more than two times, I think, in the cinema is Bridget Jones's Baby. Like, I went <laughs> 12 times. 12 times? I don't, yeah. I, I've seen the other Bridget Joneses. I haven't seen Bridget Jones's Baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, I went 12 times, so I must have liked it. I was going to say, is it worth the recommendation? But I think the fact that you saw it 12 times in the cinema says enough. The first time I saw it was when I was in Dublin on my last night and I had nothing to do. And then I just went like before a gig every time. Because this was when I was living at home before yeah. I moved to Cardiff. Um, but yeah, but I met Meryl Streep. In, oh, really? Yeah, in a film premiere. Uh, do you remember that film she did with Hugh Grant a couple of years ago where she was an opera singer? Florence Foster Jenkins? Yes, yes. I haven't seen it. I know the name. I went to the film premiere and I had a picture with Hugh Grant, but there was a a photobomber in the background. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, so for a while, my Facebook profile picture was a selfie of me with Hugh Grant. And you know you can, like, blob someone's face out of a picture? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then um, Steve Coogan was there. And I spoke to him for a while. He, I think he was in character because he was very angry about taking a picture with me. I think that's just Steve Coogan. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one had asked him for a picture, like, for 20 people before me. And I sort of flagged him down and I said, would you mind having a picture with me? And he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And, like, really angry. Really? Yeah. See, I've never understood that. And obviously I've never had anything near success. Mm. I've got a mildly successful podcast, you may know about it. <laughs> um, but, like, I've always thought if... For example, something does happen, I do find myself in that position in later mm. life. These people, your fans, are the ones who are paying your wages. So yeah. surely taking a photo isn't that big of a deal. And we'd been standing there for like 12 hours waiting for them. Jesus Christ. And when I got to meet uh, Meryl Streep, I couldn't talk. Like I shook her hand, but nothing came out. Oh, really? so starstruck. <laughs> 
It's understandable. It's Meryl fucking Streep. I've seen like all of her films twenty times. Big fan, then. Yeah, she's the queen. She, quite no, it, I was going to say quite literally. Did she play the queen? Uh, that's Helen Mirren. I always get the two confused. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, she's old white lady actresses. I just I get confused. <laughs> I went to the Baftas um, about three years ago, and I my biggest claim to fame, apart from Meryl Streep, is I got blanked by Julie Walters. <laughs> So you get out and about then? You you yeah. a fan of the big events by the sounds of things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go to a lot of them. I've started, um, I've always been a fan of music. Yeah. And since being, I, th- I suppose my gap year is still going on, um, three years later. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to, um, I went to Copenhagen at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I saw Sam Smith live in concert. Once again, know the name, couldn't tell you any songs. Yeah. Um, he's, re- I really like his music. But I feel like um, so I was talking about this with my friend, and he 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 was mid conversation, so he's in and out. And I was talking to one of my other friends, saying, "I think I think you should make the most of your life." <laughs> he just heard that sentence, and he was wondering what I was talking about. But when I see that someone's on tour, I'll try and see them in like Paris or Hamburg or somewhere instead of just going to Bristol or wherever. See, I will always make an effort to go out and see mm-hmm. uh, like my favorite bands when they come around, like. I think at the moment we have tickets for gigs from like now till March next year for mm-hmm. all upcoming shows. But I say Bristol is London is as far as field I'll go. I'm yeah. going to Royal Albert Hall next Saturday uh, to see one of my favorite bands, Ghost. Because mm-hmm. um, instead of doing a UK tour, they're quite like a theatrical band. They put on a big stage show. And they're doing one-off show in Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. So I was like, I- I'm going to have to see that. Oh, cool. Um, but I've got other friends who are su- such diehard fans of them. Mm. Uh, they're a Swedish band, and they will go follow them around Europe on tour. Mm-hmm. And like my friend, not dropping a name, uh, <laughs> literally will just drop sticks and go. Mm-hmm. Like, he- they announce a, tour, uh, like a show in, say, like Stockholm or something. Mm. He's the first to get tickets. And I was like, I'm in an hour, and like, London is pretty far. It's going to be a spectacle, it's going to be a huge show, but at the same time, I was yeah. like, yeah, but then I have to go all the way to London, yeah. and that's really far away. And I think this is probably where I'm going to struggle in regards to doing stand-up. Because mm. if it's my favourite band doing a one-off, spectacular performance, and I can only just be asked to go see it, mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot to get me to go do five minutes in yeah. like Brighton or you know, somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> like to make the, the journey yeah. for it. I'm a massive um, Florence and the Machine fan. Florence the Machine really good. Yeah, but she's she's like sold out all of her UK dates. Oh yeah. So if anyone has any tickets, <laughs> this is a call to arms. Yeah. Uh, did you go see? Because she performed in the uh, biggest weekend in the park, didn't she? Yeah, I was I was away for that. I was gutted I couldn't go because is that Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift. So I think Sam Smith was doing it. I think I, so, yeah. I think it was like a week after I saw him in Copenhagen. Oh, really? <laughs> I could have saved myself £500. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I, I'm i not down with the kids. I don't understand modern music. <laughs> and I live, as you can see, on the doorstep of Singleton Park where yeah. they held the event. So that was one time where I actually did make the effort to go to Brighton. Oh, because cool. Got friends down there. And as soon as they announced that there was going to be this giant concert with Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift on my doorstep, I was mm-hmm. like... I'm going. I'm leaving Swansea. I'm getting away for the weekend. <laughs> I went to my first music festival uh, this summer. Which one? Uh, Green Man. Oh, nice. Yeah, I loved it. Did um, you perform at all? Yeah, I did the. Um, I did ten minutes on the Friday night. Amazing. Um, it's like something between five hundred and six hundred people in the audience. Good reception. Yeah, really lovely. Amazing. Um, my brother went on a stag do for one of his friends, and they went to the comedy tent uh, on one of the nights. And he didn't get the name of the act, but apparently they performed to Stoic Silence, <laughs> which I can't imagine would be very fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't see them unless it was me. <laughs> my it might perception. Have, it might have been my brother was a bit wrecked. And yeah, just like everyone was laughing. He's like, "What? No, I can't hear anything." <laughs> I did see uh, in Tenerife. We mm. went there, and we're in this tiny little harbour town, uh, and they had this giant jetty, and I don't know what the celebration was, but it was definitely like a weekend-long local festival. Mm. And on this giant jetty, they had all these food and drink vans, and a giant stage. It was huge, massive screen behind it. They had lots of local music and like dance acts. And then a Spanish-speaking drag act came on, <laughs> and... 
I don't speak Spanish, but you know the natural patter of a joke. You can yeah. you can feel the structure of what someone's saying is a joke. Mm. And that was met to literally, you could hear a pin drop. Mm. And I felt so bad. Like, we sat there, we watched the first five minutes of their act, and we were like, I, you could feel the, the locals getting angry, if anything. I don't know if it was like a religious festival and having a drag act and like, yeah. triggered them in some way but we were like let's just go back to the hotel before this devolves into yeah. violence <laughs> but in green man i saw loads of bands i've never heard of so it's quite an in indie festival i'd say yeah, yeah yeah so like do you know catlebon no she's great really quite depressing but lovely yeah yeah um i'm gonna just go out on a limb and assume kind of like tori amosy who's that exactly <laughs> um <laughs> <Our> political party <laughs> Never mind. Uh, did you see, um, are they called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Yeah. I, I really want to see them. They're amazing. I'd never heard of them, but all my friends said, you have to go to them. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were brilliant. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, because I'm not a huge fan of big crowds and everything. Yeah. But I'd had enough cider. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. They played like, so they play all the songs in one, so it just, they don't stop. So it's nice. Like a, an hour, con- hour and a half concert in one song. Jesus Christ, that's got to do some... Yeah. I had band practice last night, um, and it was only an hour and a half. No, it was three hours, but probably only about an hour and a half of playing, mm. with the breaks in between, and my hands are still hurting Yeah, just from that. So I can imagine doing a solid hour and a half set, mm. and having to be tight and on time and not fuck up must yeah. be a fucking slug to do. I think the best uh, person I've ever seen live is Bruce Springsteen. Oh yeah, I've seen him twice now. Oh nice. Um, I um, I saw him in the Millennium Stadium about five years ago, and then I saw him in Manchester as well. And I saw him in Manchester in like mid July or something. And there was this guy in on the field area dressed as Father Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> and he was holding up this banner, and he really wanted him to play Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You know, he's got that cover. <laughs> And then he was like, oh, the mystery is solved. Santa lives in Manchester. Amazing. <laughs> I bet that guy was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but he plays for like four or five hours in a row. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about four or five hour performances, have you heard who's doing a four hour, not performance, but lecture in Swansea in November in a secret location? I was going to say Ken Dodd, but then I remembered he's died. He's dead. <laughs> It's Ken Dodd! <laughs> uh, no, David Icke. Is he? He's doing a four-hour lecture in a secret, undisclosed location in Swansea. He's the conspiracy theorist. He's the giant anti-Semitic, the world is run by lizards, oh, ex-goalkeeper. Right. Yeah. He is. Apart from the anti-Semitism, mm. I love David Icke. <laughs> it's a shame he has to ruin it with uh, his distaste of the Jewish people. <laughs> Do you know an act called Phil Cooper? I think I know the name. I don't think I've ever seen them. He's really funny. He's one of my favourite people in acts. Um, <laughs> like, he's really anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a really good bit about David Icke. Oh, really? It's really funny. Oh, nice. So is that... Are there tickets to it, or is it just like one of those mm. secret Prince gigs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can buy the tickets, and you have to wait to be contacted to find out where the performance is. I.e. the art wing of the Swansea Grand <laughs> Theatre. <laughs> Sounds like he's starting a cult or something. <laughs> he's been trying to start a cult for about 20 years now, and... <laughs> That's the thing. You, everyone's always heard about the lizards rule the world conspiracy. Yeah. He originated that. I had no idea. That's based on, and I can never remember the author's name, um, pulp author uh, who created Conan the Barbarian, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he originally wrote a story about a secret cabal of lizard people who rule, like, are the ruling class of the world. Mm-hmm. And it was David Icke who basically took that and fucking ran with it. And now it's like a world-recognized theory that we're governed by lizards. <laughs> How much is he charging? I don't think it's too much, to be honest. The only thing putting me off is the fact that it's four fucking hours long. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. What's he going to talk? Like, I could sit through maybe 20 minutes in a TED talk, but four hours? How's he going to stretch that out? A lot of it is going to be sweating and shouting at the audience <laughs> to wake up. Um, he does PowerPoints. I've, I've admittedly watched his lectures on YouTube before. And he'll have like a PowerPoint of all his book covers because he's written like fucking 20 books or something. And every now and again, he'll just be like, Massacred Child mm. out of the fucking left field. And, and it, 
I don't know if it is just to like get people's attention back after three hours of rambling. Yeah. But it was. It was just like all of a sudden, and it was a graphic image. Just being like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Is there going to be a QA or anything? Or is it just him shouting at people? I, I hope there's a QA. Yeah. It, I, I don't know. It's. Sounds very one sided. I don't know if there's going to be a bar, for example, mm. because. I, I'm gonna have to drink. If I go to that, I'm gonna have to drink my way through it. <laughs> I think you should record it for the podcast. Oh my so, god, I should get like um, a field recorder. You should have episode 10 with David Icke. <laughs> I would unfortunately have to hold off for a few months. Yeah. To, to put it out. I'll, I'll do a secret bonus episode. I should start like a, a Patreon page. Yeah. And if people want to pay to hear the secret David Icke episode, yeah. which I promise you won't just be someone I know doing a David Icke impression. <laughs> By all means, it's going to cost a tenner. Um, email me for details. I would love to take your money. <laughs> <laughs> There's this thing now in Cardiff Comedy where people have started doing an impression of me. Okay, like Do tell. N- like, not even comedians. Like, my f- like. so there's, you know, the Goody Who gig? Yeah. So I'm friends with all the bar staff now, and even they've got impressions of me. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's like, they are pretty spot on, to be fair to them. Um, but yeah, it's like I, like people come up to me talking as me to me, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't do impressions of everyone, so it's anyone, so it's annoying. Have you ever attempted to do an impression of someone doing an impression of you? Impressionception. Yeah, it's like it's always like they always say I've got. I don't know if is my voice low. They always say I've got a low voice. There's definitely a uh, like a low resonance to it. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. soothing and bassy. Whenever they come up to me, they go, oh, hello. (laughs) Would you like a beer? (laughs) It's not the Joanna Lumley I want. No, no, it's it's some way from Lumley. (laughs) I almost got thrown out of Pulse with Alex Perks. (laughs) Oh, what the hell? That sounds like a fucking story. (laughs) We were out a couple of months ago, and um, it was about two in the morning. I didn't want to go in there because it was packed like 700 people in there i'm not good in small spaces yeah, yeah. and um it was my round and perks went to the toilet so i ordered a a grolsch a grolsch 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 a grolsch and a cider and um the the woman who was serving me she heard two grolsches okay <laughs> and i was like i only ordered one grolsch and one cider and then she's it's probably because you went a grolsch a grolsch, <laughs> grolsch. <laughs> <laughs> and then um this was going on for ages, like, I ordered one cider and a grosh, and she's like, no, you didn't. And she got really angry about it and threw it down the sink. Okay. And she got, like, like verbally aggressive with me. She was like, you're a fucking liar, mate. And then just put, like, there's 700 people in there. Surely someone's gonna buy one in the next 10 minutes. I mean, I used to do bar backing, like, in nightclubs, making sure the bars are stocked, everything's ready to go, and making sure that drinks like that that were poured and then not paid for... Mm. I would take them round the back and quote unquote dispose of them. <laughs> Obviously, this one, you know, you're supposed to pour them down the sink. But yeah, it, it was three pints. Yeah. I was pissed like every night of that job. <laughs> when she started swearing at me, I was going to say, "Can I talk to your manager?" But I was worried the manager was like the nine foot bouncers right next to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she just pulls out like a baseball bat with the manager right yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm getting used to nightclubs. I, I like referring to them as discotheques. Discotheques. Cause, Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I like, um, I'm, like, I always wish I was born in, like, the late 60s, early 70s, so I could be a teenager in the 80s. So you could actually call them discotheques. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm Cindy Lauper's biggest fan. I'm a fan of, like, Bowie, uh, that kind of era. I'd like to, uh, bring your attention to my collection of Bowie vinyls that are literally right by you. <laughs> Can we stop the podcast and listen to them? Yeah, it's like, oh, fuck this, most best podcasts are over, we're just going to go listen to David Bowie. <laughs> there was a Bowie song in the car on the way here. That, oh, nice. Uh, Changes. Yeah. Do you know which song annoys me, because it's not by Bowie, and I always think it is, is the, um, you know, Talking Heads, Once in a Lifetime? Yeah, yeah. It just sounds exactly like him. Yeah, I can. It's David Burns, the singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand. It does sound a bit Bowie. Yeah, I got introduced to Talking Heads a couple of months ago, and I'm obsessed with them now. I love Talking Heads. Um, I really got into them because, uh, like, when I was when I was your age and a bit younger, <laughs> uh, I got really into like post punk mm-hmm. uh, and like you know eighties like synth rock punk bands and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like Blondie and Talking Heads. 
Uh, and I remember one day, have you ever seen the film Clerks 2? No. Uh, it's the sequel to Clerks, funnily <laughs> enough. Uh, and it started with this song, and it was really upbeat and catchy. And I was like, I love this song. Mm. And every time I watched the film, I was like, I need to look up what that is, and always forgot about it. Uh, and I remember one day, quote-unquote, illegally downloading <laughs> the best of Talking Heads. Yeah. And had it on shuffle. And then I was just like, oh my god. Oh my god, it's the song from Clerks! And it turns out it was just like a later Talking Heads song that I had absolutely no idea about. Because it didn't sound like Psycho Killer. Normally, I'm like, that song doesn't, that's not Psycho Killer, I'm not listening to that one. <laughs> Have you seen the video of Jack Black uh, miming Psycho Killer? No. It's a brilliant watch. If you just type in Jack Black Psycho Killer on YouTube, it's the best three minutes of your life. That sounds fantastic. I think it's the best thing Jack Black's ever produced. <laughs> and I've seen Gulliver's Travels. Oh god, see, I haven't seen Gulliver's Travels. It's a, it's bittersweet with Jack Black because I absolutely adored him growing up. I still do. I still have a soft spot. Mm-hmm. But he's at that stage in his career now that he's very much just doing kids' movies. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if I watched. I haven't seen Gulliver's Travels, but like, say, when I watched Goosebumps, mm. and I got so butthurt about it, I'll always go back to High Fidelity, mm. which is his first film, and like, he only has like a, a bit of a recurring role. He's by no means a main character, but he absolutely steals the entire film. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen it? Uh, no. It's basically like John Cusack, uh, Jack Black, and another guy run a record shop, and it's all about John Cusack going through like a particularly messy breakup, and him going back about uh, his past relationships. And it's like a bit of a, like a, a rom-com, but mm. an incredible film. But as I say, Jack Black is just like his kooky friend who he runs the record shop with, just steals the movie every fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> he seems to be like just a father figure now, Jack Black. Yeah, I, I hated him as R.L. Stein in Goosebumps. That mm. was... Yeah, I I think my fate... Well, have you seen The Holiday? No. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yeah, it's just a really nice Christmas film. <laughs> but I, I I don't know if this is going a bit dark for the podcast never do that <laughs> we can always edit it out <laughs> I can't celebrate Christmas anymore oh do tell uh, just because it reminds me of George Michael dying <sighs> and he's like my brother <laughs> he's not <laughs> no no like, he's like one of my favourite singers of all time I've always wondered why your name on Facebook was Callum Stewart Michael <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Facebook blocked me once like blocked i'm on like my 12th facebook account okay <laughs> just because i made one facebook account which is cal pacino yeah <laughs> which is my not pseudonym what's that word just a character thing pen name yeah like it's my twitter handle yeah, yeah. and um they said no cal pacino isn't a name <laughs> i'm pretty sure there's got to be a cal pacino somewhere in yeah the world. yeah i sort of want to yeah if al pacino could have a child with me <laughs> We could call him Cal like, Pacino. If, if he's willing or if he physically can have a child with you. <laughs> Either. I don't Who's going to carry the child? Who's um, going to bring it to term? Emma Thompson. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, right. right. <laughs> it's like you're not getting Al Pacino pregnant. No. Okay. This has gone very weird. Yeah, as I said, we can always edit it out. <laughs> One thing that did... Uh, as the, as the kids say, yeah. give me the lols the other day, uh, was your Twitter name B-Tech James Dunn? Yeah. <laughs> so there's, um, do you know a band called My Name Is Ian? No. They're really good. I like every time you've said a band, I've just gone, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've only, um, I've only found them recently. They, um, you know Tiny Rebel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I run a gig there. Um, can I plug the gig? Is that oh, okay? by all means, plug yeah. away. Uh, last Monday of the month. Um, really good, always new acts. You were absolutely robbed when you couldn't use the name Tiny Rebel Holes. I was, I was super angry. <laughs> because they agreed to the gig, and then they said, so do you want to make a post or anything for it? And they said, oh, we just post whatever you post. Yeah. yeah. So then I made, so I said, right, the first one's on February 24th, or whatever it was, um, come to the first night of Tiny Rebel Holes. That's a hell of a name. And I did the first night, and it was a really nice success with James Dunn headlining. Yeah. And um, I got an email the next day. Uh, Can you please change the name? It doesn't go with our branding. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was really annoyed about. And then said, can you make something... Can you just come up with another name? So I said, how about Comedy a Tiny Rebel? And then they were like, well, can you be a bit more creative? (laughs) I was like, I gave you one. What do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) But that gig is about um, giving people who don't have the opportunity usually to like headline or MC or something. Oh, nice. We've got... All right. (laughs) I thought you were generally confident. (laughs) 
<laughs> I will get you one. <laughs> now it just feels forced. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the next one is on uh, September 24th, and we've got, you know, Frank Foucault, Luke Yeah, Smith. yeah. He's fantastic. And then a couple of other great acts as well. How awesome. Yeah. Um, was I saying something about Tiny Rebel? I can't remember. Oh, My Name is Ian. My Name is Ian. Um, they've got a really good song, which... So I was... I went on a Brecon train journey with James Dunn and <laughs> another guy called... That's a goddamn TV show right there. <laughs> uh, another guy called Matro, really funny. And um, we, we were in the, ca- on the, on, in the car on the way back, we were listening to this band called My Name is Ian. And one of the songs was called Fight, Drink and Watch TV. No, Fight, Drink, Watch... Yeah, and Watch, t- and watch People Die on TV. <laughs> and I put on Twitter... Um, a screenshot of like the Spotify thing and said, Oh, I'm really into this band at the minute, specifically this song. And then James Dunn replied, Just because it's his one of his favorite bands, yeah, he said, yeah. admit it, you just want to be me. Your hashtag be tech James Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a um, we're doing a show together, uh, yeah, yeah. We're doing one in October. We're gonna try, we're, we're gonna take up to Edinburgh, hopefully. Oh, amazing, yeah. We're calling it the Sons of Devolution, <laughs> okay, <laughs> because um. Last year, I think, I went to Rodri Morgan, the former leader of the Welsh Assemblies. For yeah. You were just like, right, so you've been to Eurovision. <laughs> um, the premiere of, I can't remember, that opera film. Yeah. Rodri Morgan's funeral. Yeah, my mother used to work with him about 10 years ago. She's like a youth charity worker. Yeah. Um, but they were good friends. And I was a bit bored because I'm... Well, funerals aren't that much fun, are they? No. Um, and he... People kept referring to him in eulogies as the father of devolution. Okay. <laughs> like 33 times. So I thought it'd be funny to do a split show called The Sons of Devolution. Because <laughs> we were both born in the 90s and we're from like Patalbid and Newport. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That, it, it, that's a really good title for it, to be honest. But I'm worried that we're just going to get like Guardian readers expecting it to be political satire when it's just two confused guys yeah. in their early 20s. <laughs> Uh, so is that going to be, um, for example, to plug Tales from Wales 2 with Stefan Evans and Drew Taylor, like you both do half hour each, say, mm-hmm. or is it going to be yeah. like um, two of you on stage at one time? We did do that once. Is it, is, yeah, I don't know if you were there. It would have been like last September on James's birthday. Uh, whereabouts? Oh, uh, goody who? No, no. Oh, it was the one and only time... I've done it a couple of times, but it hasn't worked since then. Okay. I did a character act called Michael Condiment, <laughs> <laughs> who hosted this TV show called Guess the Condiment. Okay. <laughs> and I basically got got this the person in the front row to get, come up on stage, and all she had to do was, I'd had some banter with her, yeah, and then make her guess a condiment. <laughs> and it was cranberry sauce, it was really easy. But then after that, it was... Oh, ju- is it the context clues involved? Or she just has to wing it? And uh, it yeah, I, 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 sp- I asked her if she wanted a spoon herself. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel a bit weird. All right, so is it like taste test? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's and, give him a spoon of vinegar next time. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I blindfolded her as well. It was a very weird. It just sounds weird out of context. I liked Michael Condiment. Yeah, I'm trying to bring him back. But the main part of that thing, I think it did like 15 minutes on the night. Because it was James's 25th birthday. Okay. So the gig was around his birthday. So then I I, I came out, the character didn't work because I didn't do an accent and I didn't, I wore a suit, but everyone could tell it was me. <laughs> like if you walked in halfway through, you could tell it was just me in a suit. Yeah. Uh, oh, Cal's looking nice tonight. <laughs> and then um, I brought James up on stage and I started playing the James Dunn quiz. Okay. <laughs> Which was just stupid questions he couldn't answer. <laughs> so the first really make him look like a jerk on his <laughs> The first one was where are you from? Because his whole thing's about being from Newport. Yeah. And so he obviously said I'm from Newport, and I was like, No, you're not. You're from the EU, and don't forget about it. <laughs> and my favourite one was the next one where <laughs> I just said, How many birthdays do you think you've got left? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and then I did something quite controversial. Oh, um, I made the joke about me about you know what's <laughs> the Welsh and Science Standard Board. Yeah, yeah, 
I said, why can't, why didn't I get put through to the final? Because I got to the semi-final okay. <laughs> the second time in the row. And I accused them of being anti-autism. <laughs> Luckily, everyone laughed. <laughs> and then I finished it with another stupid question. Like, what's the most overrated thing according to James Dunn? And then we argued because he thought custard was. And I love custard. <laughs> That does seem like, uh, and this is only with limited uh, interaction with the dude, but Custard seems like a very James Dunn answer to that yeah. question. I should I explain James Dunn to people? Can you explain James Dunn to people? Because I, I really want to get him on the podcast. Yeah, he's he's sort of like a mythical creature. <laughs> it's like, if, yeah, he loves dogs. I'm sure he's half dog, half man. <laughs> He's... Like, the lower half is dog. Like, yeah. Do you see when he gets excited, his tail starts going <laughs> mental? He's a really nice guy. He's, um, yeah, just, like, he's a barman. He's really nice, friendly. Um, yeah, just, he used to wear a hat. He doesn't anymore. He's got a joke. I don't want to butcher the joke, but okay. one of his jokes is, he looks like he was born divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can imagine that, um, yeah, and... I um ex hat owning mythical barman. Yeah. <laughs> he um I take you know I take a lot of selfies. Yeah. Um I was in a gig once and this guy who I'm not friends with, I didn't know who he was, he just came up to me and he said, Oh, you're the guy who takes all the selfies with James Dunn. That's <laughs> <laughs> so sort of being recognized. Um talking about the uh flourishing working relationship with you and James Dunn. Yeah. Uh, I saw I unfortunately couldn't make the gig, but I saw the clip from the uh, gig swap, yeah, uh, or the set swap gig you guys did recently. Yeah, you performing as James Dunn yeah. was spot on. It was oh, it you. was fucking hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, originally I was meant to be. We were both. So there was a couple of dropouts on the day, okay, and, and a couple of days before. So I was meant to be with Simon Emmanuel. Yeah, which yeah, if you don't know him, he's the most high energy act in Wales, I think it's fair to say. Do you know how hard I've been trying to get him on the podcast? Is he... No, honestly, it's not his fault. It's All not right. my fault. But it, it, literally this week, mm. uh, we rearranged again. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he messaged, how about Thursday? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Thursday sounds great. <laughs> I'll book it in. Turns out he meant Tuesday and misspelled uh. it. So Tuesday, I'm on my way home from work. And he was like, what time should I come over, man? And I was like, uh, <laughs> Thursday? <laughs> So once again, we're still in the uh, the booking process, but I'm desperately trying to get Simon yeah, on. At the he's moment. great. He's one of my favourites. But I'm really low energy, deadpan, and he's running around the stage everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And James was meant to be with Sam Lloyd. Okay. Who, yeah, who's yeah. Another new put act, really funny. Um, and they've known each other for like eight years or something. And um, the last minute, I swapped with James. Like we've got natural chemistry on stage and off, so it was really easy yeah. to do. But I made a couple of accusations. <laughs> I don't know, am I allowed to mention it on the podcast or? Accuse away. James Dunn allegedly fucks dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely doesn't, but he does. But allegedly. <laughs> well, as you know, as we pointed out earlier, he has the lower half of a dog. Yeah. So is it really bestiality if he's getting his little his little dog weenus in there? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hope the RSPCA isn't listening. <laughs> Oh, they're my biggest fan. <laughs> the official sponsor of the Most Best Podcast. James Dunn is a lovely man. He's never touched a dog inappropriately. Sexually. I'm sure he's touched it inappropriately. <laughs> I'm just sure he's never touched one. Uh... <laughs> he's going to kill me when he hears this. Yeah, well, James, if you are listening, get in touch, buddy. I'd love, love to have you on and hear your side of the story. <laughs> I also like to get the dog on and hear the dog side of the story. Yeah. Only because I want a dog in my house. Yeah, I used to have a dog. Uh, before he died. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he was called Otis. I named him after Otis Redden. See, it's funny. This is uh, last episode. Mm. I say last episode. It went up today. But you know how this podcasting thing works. Accusations thrown about Otis Redding. I didn't realize uh, before Aretha Franklin did, he did a version of R.E.S.B.U.C.T. Did he? And as Rebecca Louise points out, that song gets really fucking different if it's mm. a guy singing it like yeah. when i come home i want respect oh no <laughs> i'm glad the dog's dead <laughs> <laughs> i really wanted when i was like five i had an yeah when it was i got him when i was five i so the early 2000s i'm yeah. sorry to keep harping <laughs> on about this i'm flabbergasted this would have been in 03 02 Christ, i was 
definitely smoking cigarettes by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a story as well. I, <laughs> I, f- I finally felt like an adult yesterday. Okay. Because um, this kid came up to me and asked me to buy him some cigarettes. And did you? I took his money. <laughs> and I went into the shop, but then I realised I left my ID in my other bag. <laughs> so I had to go out and give him his money back. Like, sorry, mate, I got ID. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wanted to call him Simon, after Simon Cowell. Okay. Um, but my dad was not going to shout Simon in the garden for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, my friend's dad, uh, is, he's about, like, six, seven, well, six, four, so he's about my height. Mm. Big dude, bald, massive beard, tattoos from the neck down, always got a metal band t-shirt on. And, uh, him and his wife, uh, my mate's mum, got to Bichon Friese's. Mm. Uh, and they got one each, and they were allowed to name them what they wanted. So I think uh, his mum named it Fluffy, mm. and his dad named it Goliath. And seeing him walking down the road, like <laughs> in the park, and he's two push on freezes, and he's like, Fluffy! Goliath! <laughs> I've got, um, I live in Cardiff in a flat, so I can't have pets. Yeah. But my sister and my mother have a cat called Matt. So it's Matt the cat. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that thing in Friends where it's Pat the dog, <laughs> which I'm not. Are you a fan of Friends or? Yeah, I rewatched it from the beginning recently, mm. uh, and it was you know it was a nice trip down memory lane. But it inspired my worst best joke I've written to date, which was something along the lines that I still haven't really figured out. It's like I've been watching a lot of Friends recently. And honestly, if I hear the theme song one more time, I'm just going to end it all. And the problem is, no one told me life was going to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I didn't used to like, yeah, I've, I used to like it. Are you of this millennial mindset that it's offensive? Yeah, sorry. No, no, it's, it's understandable. It's, it's, it's a different day and age now from when it came out. I mean, if you look back at, like, Faulty Towers, mm. when that, uh, first came out, there's an episode of Faulty Towers that they won't show on TV, yeah. but you can get on, like, now TV on demand. Mm. It's the most racist thing I've ever seen. John mm. Cleese literally turns around, and there's a black doctor behind him, and he screams. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, it's Is like... He, isn't he, like, a Brexiteer? Is I he... don't know. I have no I, I can imagine he would be. Yeah. It's really annoying as well, because... And he fucks dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. He's James Dunn's dad. <laughs> Um, yeah, I followed, I think it was Matthew Perry, I think, on Instagram. So now I get at least five times a week, I get, like, friends' accounts follow me on Instagram. It's really annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I had that. Like, I followed one Black Sabbath fan page on Instagram, and I shit you not, I had Black Sabbath 001 through 013 consecutively follow me. Like, I don't know if it's just one guy who has, like, and they all had similar pictures, but Mm. it was literally just... A slurry of unappreciated Black Sabbath fan pages, yeah. numerically named, following me. I was like, oh my god, I'm blowing up on Instagram. No, it's just this one fucking Black Sabbath dude again. <laughs> I got excited the other day because Donald Trump followed me on Twitter. No. And I, I found out about 20 seconds later it was a fan account. It was a Russian bot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not a fan account, a, um, a, what's the word? A bot? No. A, um, parody yeah a parody and um i like i like cause a couple of my friends have been blocked by donald trump oh wow <laughs> yeah like if you send him enough hate mail he'll block you but i always you know you can quote tweet on twitter yeah, yeah. i always i did one the other day was i really i was really happy with he did it was something about the new australian prime minister being elected yeah and he said oh this is great news um there's no greater relation than america and australia <laughs> And I quote tweeted, what about Anton Deck? <laughs> <laughs> and there was, um, yeah, there was something else. Oh, yeah, I got, I've been blocked by Arriva Trains Wales on Twitter. Oh, really? <laughs> for sending them too much sarcastic uh, hate mail. <laughs> I've uh, a friend, I won't name him for legal reasons, mm. uh, who was so fed up with uh, First Cymru buses yeah. uh, that he has set up a parody account on Facebook. <laughs> and literally the other, and, um, it, it's <laughs> apart from the the context of the posts, like the branding and stuff is very similar. Uh, and he had to put out a uh, post on Facebook the other day saying, like, as much as I appreciate you guys 
confusing this for the real page and questioning me about bus times. He was like, it's a fucking parody account. Please stop messaging me. <laughs> There's a comedian called Daniel Glynn. Uh, I haven't gigged with him, but I follow him on Twitter, I think. And he had a tweet go viral the other day. Okay. Because he um, sent in a tweet to, I think it was First Camry or something like that. And he said, um, hello, can you just let them know I was on the 832 into town or whatever. Uh, I forgot to say Chia's Drive when I got off. Can you tell him? <laughs> <laughs> and he got like 20,000 shares. Amazing. <laughs> See, I'm still trying to crack Twitter. I've only started getting on Twitter because of the podcast. I've mm. always avoided it since then. And like, how how do you how do you do it? How do you get people's attention on Twitter? It seems yeah, nigh on impossible. I think Twitter is good. I like Twitter. I think it's the place. Only go on Twitter if you're either funny or political. I'm neither. Yeah, it's yeah, like, that's the problem. Or memes. I'm not a meme guy. I'm more of a gif. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm all puns. That's the problem. Badly yeah. written, like purposefully annoying puns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there's certain subreddits where I'm heralded as a king. Should yeah. we say, like, <laughs> our dad jokes. They fucking love me on there. But Twitter, no, it's just like a fucking barren wasteland. <laughs> I prefer Twitter to Facebook, but I prefer Instagram to Twitter. I think because Twitter is. Yeah, you get a mix on Twitter. It's like, so if someone, I found if someone sees me at a gig, they'll more likely follow me on Twitter than Facebook. Yeah. And Instagram's more personal, I think. Yeah, I, I get that. Because you can't be on, you can't not be on Facebook, because you just wouldn't get gigs, I think. That's the problem. Like, mm. I've always wanted to get off Facebook, but with the comedy and playing in bands and like the illustration stuff, which I'm actually going to start doing again, ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye for my Instagram. I will start. <laughs> I got an iPad Pro this week, so I have to start drawing. Oh, cool. Just to fucking make, you know, the money back on the investment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I've always wanted to get off Facebook. But as I say, I've got too many hobbies which involve needless self-promotion that mm. I can't warrant not being on Facebook. <laughs> the problems of being a fucking narcissist, man. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> Zuckerberg. <bastard>. Zuckerberg. <laughs> I am a flat-out Zuckerberg. <laughs> And on that note, believe it or not, that's been uh, almost an hour. I would like to say thank you so much for coming down. Uh, normally, I find that there's points in the episode where you can like separate it into different things. This has just been like one rambling, ongoing conversation. So this may have to go out unedited. Oh, cool. Unless you want me to get rid of uh, the bits about James Dunn fucking dogs. That's completely up to you. <laughs> Could we do like a message, like uh, like a trigger warning, James Dunn, you might get offended kind of thing. <laughs> right. I'll leave silence for, say, two seconds. Yeah. Uh, and we can put it at the top of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> like a... Say about 20 minutes in, James, stop listening. Yeah, warning, if you are James Dunn, uh, you may find this episode highly offensive. <laughs> Cal, thank you so much for coming down and doing the podcast. Dude. That's been fucking amazing. I really enjoyed this one. Thank you for having me. Cheers, dude. <laughs>